Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another exciting Minecraft episode on this wonderful day. My name is Kimberly Quinn, and I'm having this conversation with you from my back deck in northern Vermont. And I'll just describe to you. I just think it's important to have a visual. It's, it's overcast today, and uh, temp is good. And a little bit, we had a little bit of drizzle, but I, I like these days because um, they, they actually it's kind of metaphorical for what we're talking about today, really. Because it's contrast, you know, if we didn't have these kind of cloudy overcast days, which to me are very pensive and contemplative, uh, then, the, you know, the bright sunny bluebirds wouldn't be as meaningful and, you know, uh, exhilarating, right? So uh, it's, it's, all, it's all good, really. And so today I wanted to talk about, you know, this sort of the connection between failure and shame and the importance of letting go of the shame that we've sort of hung on to from past quote unquote mistakes. And the reason I'm saying that, and I got to give a shout out to Wayne Dyer, who, who uh, is just one of the greatest thinkers ever. And, and um, you know, just such on, he, he was such on a mission for, you know, uh, self-love and self-reliance and inner peace and all that good stuff that he's just amazing. And, um, he left such a legacy. So anyway, he, Wayne often talked about failure not existing, really, when you think about it, because it's just, and I know it's a word that really, well, none of us like it, but really frightens young adults, especially, at least for my own students. I hear it a lot. And of course, I run clubs at Champlain and such too. And they talk a lot about being you know, afraid of not meeting expectations. And you know, you hear the word fear or synonyms for fear a lot when they when they talk and really I like how Wayne kind of finds the anecdote for that because really there is no such thing because we're just people, human beings, imperfect human beings moving around on this earth, you know, thinking certain ways, which lead to feelings, which lead to behaviors and those behaviors produce results. Now, whether they are in our favor necessarily in that minute, you know, maybe, maybe not. And they're moving us in different directions, but in the end, it's all kind of meant to happen because it points us in new and different directions. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today. So when we look back, we would probably not say or do the same things we did back then. You know, in a fabulous 58, I think of my college years, I think of my 20s, and when I had a great time because I've always really kind of grabbed life, life by the ass, as they say, though I certainly made plenty of mistakes with money. I was wrestling with the impulsivity related to my fast-mindedness that some people choose to call ADHD, not me. Um, I was really kind of, you know, kind of in that for a while. Definitely most of my mistakes made, you know, financially just very impulsive. And now when I look back at 58, you know, you know, decades after I got a, a grip on things, I'm still a work in progress for sure, but I really got a handle on that. Gosh, I look back, I'm like, how did I even, where was my head, you know? And that can be fill in the blank for, for whatever that is with you. And it was made mistakes with relationships, made mistakes with school or job choices or living situations, whatever, conversations, events, circumstances. Most of us with our now, you know, more advanced selves, when we look back to, you know, teenagehood, 20s, and it might be way later. People, you know, people struggle with, with addiction, and that doesn't have to have an age related to it. You know, addiction, you know, is, equal, is an equal opportunity employer that can grab hold at any time, and there can be a lot of shame around that for people, actually, because it might be in the 30s, 40s, 50s, or later, wondering, like, why can't I get a grip? 
you know, just why can't I, I get a grip? And, and so, uh, it's, so it's really important to, um, realize that just whatever happened way back when, uh, to let it go, let it all go, release the shame from your past and free that energy up to fulfill your destiny. And, you know, we are certainly not having this conversation t- today about, you know, uh, you know, not taking accountability. No, no way. You know, and uh, authentic people are also integrity based, right? Because it's all part of it. You know, being tapped in, tuned in, turned on, as Abraham Hicks would say, with our authentic self is, you know, being connected to, you know, the universe, God energy, source energy, creator of all things, higher power energy. So we're not saying not to take accountability. We're saying, you know, okay, frigged up. And uh, in the 12 step programs, actually, I'm thinking of that right now because I, I spent some time as a, as a child around AA for a family member in recovery. And I, I, you know, we were only invited, actually, my sister's almost six years younger. I'm not sure how many of those she went to, maybe a few. I went also for the cake. Part of it wasn't deep. I went to be supportive. And I also, I, we didn't have a lot of sugar in our house ever. And those, those, those big, huge sheet cakes with the you know, radioactive frosting, especially if you got, if you scored the corner piece, man, that was like 12 year old heaven. So anyway, so I do remember though, even at my young age, I, I was around like 12, 13, 14. I I went to some of the anniversaries and I remember even at that young age, how cool the the talks were. And my memory is just how authentic they were like Velveteen Rabbits. If you've ever read that children's book, it's great. You know, just no ego left, just purely authentic people. And most, if not all, of course, I don't remember all those talks anymore, but I I do remember the feeling I had and that most of them, when they were reflected upon with incredible strength and vulnerability and honesty, how grateful they were for what happened, not wanting to relive it necessarily, but grateful for the growth that came out of all that. Because the truth is, you know, whether you're in recovery from addiction or recovery for you know, something else. We're all in recovery from something when you get to your fifties, because that's just how it is. You know, you've been around the block a few times, you know, the, the, you know, stuff's happened that, that, uh, that we're, that we have had, you know, had to heal from. And it's so important, uh, to realize that we, you know, we needed, at least for me, I'll talk for myself. I know that I needed to go through what I went through to get where I am now. You know, I, I, as, as most of you know, the backstory I had, I grew up in a very addicted household with a lot of mental illness and uh, inclusive of narcissism, which is, you know, the toxic of the toxic of the toxic. And, uh, you know, just a lot of chaos and turbulence and violence actually too. And not that I want to relive it. I, you know, I do know that all of that, you know, I, I, for, for a while there, I was kind of living out of my car and staying with different people. My, my uh, rooftop friend actually eventually got a couch for me when I came back from, from St. Mike's. I mean, just so loving and kind and other people at St. Mike's, I stayed with them and I, you know, stayed overnight in my car uh, at, at a, you know, a few times. And um, so, I mean, I really get it. And that, all that stuff makes you more empathetic. And when it's a tough sell, when you're in it, right. But when you look back, life really does happen for us, not to us. It happens for us, not to us, because because without all of that, you know, mistreatment and abuse, definitely just flat out neglect and also abuse, 
Um, and I was told I was even homeless, which I never didn't really ever hear any really acknowledge that because I always knew I'd find some place to go. But when after the seven days article, when the reporter kind of was talking about my homelessness, I'm like, what? Back up there, buddy. And he was so wonderfully kind. He was amazing interviewing me with just such empathy and compassion. And uh, really, wow, he was just phenomenal. But I didn't, I had never you thought of myself as homeless, but well, I guess I was. I could define it by, um, you know, not having someplace solid to live and moving around and couch hopping and stuff. But all of that time of my life, I had no idea then, of course, it was going to lead to all this growth and all this spirituality. And because of all the angels in my life and all these good people, my chosen family, who I sought out, again, not knowing when I was a teenager and younger, you know, seeking out the, these good people, my rooftop friend and my, her mother and, uh, um, you know, my whole St. Mike's crew and, and um, th that it all was meant to happen. And, and it, so really, uh, when, we, we, when we are stuck in that in the time, we often measure ourselves against other people. And when we've gone through different things and made quote unquote mistakes, which again, don't really exist because we, Without that contrast, we don't grow, right? And so you can label it whatever you want to. But I think when we, you know, delete the word word failure just because there's such a, a stigma attached to it, you know, the mis the mistakes are called what you want, you know. But really, it's not about measuring us up against other people. But we often do that, right? Like, how come I'm I'm not farther along with my job? How come I don't have a partner yet? Especially the folks who who may have struggled with it with addiction and and feel like they lost technically quote unquote lost 10 years no you know it all that was all worth something as painful as it, as it was and and or other things that aren't addiction and we might have might feel that that way too but it doesn't it's not about measuring ourselves against others it's about um again jobs relationship lifestyle and how come i can't go on vacations it's about not being better than other people but but being the best version of ourselves that's really what we're talking about So again, for me, I know like when I've looked back and reflected on a lot of things that happened and the, you know, the money mistakes I made and different things like that and, you know, imp or, you know, imp impulsivity related, because that's definitely my, been my own biggest challenge in life, mostly with money, but in other ways. It's also been a, the double-edged sword, right? I did a TEDx talk on that because I'm also really fun and spontaneous. It's not all bad, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I do grab life by the ass and so that's why I can kind of go either way. But I look back and reflect on it, and um, it all helped to bring me to a place of more empathy, more compassion, you know, um, really more understanding for when other people have had situations in their life where they've lived out of their car or haven't had, had toxic people in their lives or, you know, Fast Mind Club members who have a carrying on a ton of shame for, you know, feeling like screw-ups and things like that. It just has you just honestly becoming a better human being and it's important too and I know this is a big thing in the 12-step program to make amends where you can you know when you look back but there's I forget exactly the wording of it and it's really good but I'm gonna have to paraphrase here a little bit to make amends when it's not going to cause more harm because sometimes and because that makes it about us right when we just want to fix it fix it fix it apologize make it better and if, if we've hurt somebody so much that they that isn't in their best interest we have to take that into consideration maybe just send the love to them privately they don't need to know send the loves and then forgive forgive us forgive them forgive everybody this is all about 
clearing the space. So, and if you can make amends, do it. If, you, if it's going to cause harm again, don't. Just, but, but it's important to have that, you know, uh, that that um, that spiritual connection, not not religion necessarily. If you're a pray prayer, do that. But sending the love and good energy to that person is really super important because that comes right back to us. And and self forgiveness is extremely important. And we're not saying in a way that gives us a pass whatever harmful thing we did. It doesn't, though. Like we screwed up, we, and that's it, and it's over. Water under the bridge, and to forgive ourselves by just saying, "Okay, I'm choosing to move forward now." Um, I have a friend of mine uh, who, who very recently gave me this great visual when she was talking about her her bipolar and all the all the not so good choice making she had and all the harm that came out of it to certain people and how she would often get stuck in, in that shame, trying to you know lasso a brick wall and, and keep trying to you know, move it and change it. And, and you can't because whatever happened, happened. So to just to send your, yourself the forgiveness, wrap around it, not giving a pass, just list letting it go. And Claudia Black, you know, the, the famous, you hear me talk about her in different episodes, famous pioneer in the 80s. She's still been at it for decades, but the ACO, the ACOA pioneer, adult children of alcoholics, you know, really is the, the best... Uh, definition of forgiveness I've ever heard, which, because we often say forgiveness is forgetting, right? You know, to forgive, to give is forget, and that's crap, because the, the mind is not like a computer with a delete button, and, you know, anybody who's experienced trauma knows that for certain, so, you know, these memories just, you know, flood us sometimes, so Claudia says forgiveness has absolutely nothing to do with forgetting, but everything, and everything to do with remembering and choosing to move forward. So you screwed up, somebody else screwed up, somebody hurt you, you hurt them, on the scale of really bad even. And really all we can do at this point is let it go and wrap around yourself like a burrito with love and kindness because we want to we want to free up that space just like a computer. When a computer when a computer is clogged with stuff it moves slowly and it can't perform. When a pipe is clogged, the water can't flow through. And so if we're going to fulfill our authentic purpose, our destiny, that one thing on this earth we were meant to do, which also is a gift that keeps on giving because we are when we are on our authentic path, you know, whatever we're doing is benefiting other people because that's how authentic, authentic, authenticity works, right? Because we're directly in tune with our divine connection. So freeing up that space benefits us and other people. And so it's so important to make peace with all this stuff, our imperfections, and realize that there is no such thing as failure, that we're human beings, we are imperfect human beings, we are actually spiritual beings having the human experience, and that humanity piece involves this, make, you know, all of this contrast to get us in a more advanced spiritual place where we love ourselves and other people you know, at, a, at a higher level, and that's what it's truly about. So again, for me, you know, um, eventually, you know, we, we come to the realization and I definitely have it a fabulous 58 and a while ago, it's a process, right? Like anything in life, it's not usually just like, wow, hallelujah. And sometimes it can be, um, but usually it's a progress and that hallelujah moment happens at aha moment, but, but though usually it's, it's, it happens after a lot of internal conversation and processing that lead to that aha moment with intervention from other people often, right? And so, uh, you know, eventually I know I came to the realization that I needed to go through all that 
all that stuff to get to this higher place, you know, again, more empathetic, more compassionate, more love for myself. And I'm now better able to love other people, less judgmental, just, 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 um, you just, we just become better, better, better people with this contrast because, so this is why it's important uh, to, em- to embrace the contrast and bless it. That's like super Buddhist, which, which again is a tough sell when we're in it to really, uh, you know, bless all that, that pain and agony that got us here. And again, we're not saying we want to relive it, but to, to, but to bless the contrast because of where it gets us. Life doesn't happen to us, but happens for us. And we come, we become way better people because of the contrast. And it also helps us to, you know, forgive the people who are part of the contrast because we realize that they were all part of our story. It doesn't give them a pass either, but without the this and the that and the that and the this and all the hurt and pain along the way from other human beings interacting with us, we wouldn't be where we are. So really, they're all kind of characters on the stage. And when we realize that, it can help us to, again, we're not saying to, to not that anybody gets a pass. It just helps us to look at it from a little different perspective where um, it's all it's all really in the end, it's about helping us to move along, move forward, to live the best, highest version of who we are, who we are meant to be. And that's it. So this is Kimberly Quinn signing off from the beautiful, very contemplative day in northern Vermont. Have a mindful day. Thank you.